Stop Making Sense. That's approximately what we're about to do here on SNAP number 172. Not that we ever started making a whole lot of sense, but within the context of that phrase, I think we'll uh, turn things around a little bit. I'm Deirdre O'Donohue on KCRW, and my guest in the studio is Jonathan Demi. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Deirdre. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing real well. I've been having the best time, not only this evening in talking with you before the show, but uh, the few days before. I've had some of the best phone conversations of my life mm. in, uh, in recent weeks, just uh, chatting with you on the phone. So it's a delight to be able to bring you down here to KCRW and introduce you to the SNAP audience. As if anybody hasn't guessed or doesn't know, we'll just we'll do the formalities. Your uh, your most recent project to come. I'm going to move this microphone a little because I can't really see you. There we go. Okay, that's better. Hello there. I thought I was talking to the machines. Not that that hasn't happened before in my life either. <laughs> Stop making sense. The Talking Heads. Um, well, we'll discuss this later. It's been described as a concert movie. Although I read an interesting comment you made in an interview about a distinction you make on that point. But the Talking Heads movie, which has just been getting rave reviews from the critics everywhere. You've done something that many people didn't think could really be done, which is to make a really effective movie, a film, of, uh, of a rock and roll concert performance, whatever. And everybody I know who's seen it has just uh, has, has been thrilled. You've done something real special. Well, it makes all us real happy to know that that's, uh, that's the effect on some people anyway. I think on, on a whole lot of people. It's showing at the Pickwood Theater, and I've been recommending it to you. You know this, guys. I've been recommending it that you go and do it as a, a weekend or a weeknight treat. That's right. Now, if this is okay with you, we've, we've got a whole, with, with you, the audience, too. We've got, uh, we've got plans hatching galore here that, uh, that we'll see how many of them we get done. We've got between now and midnight, which leaves us 113 minutes <laughs> of, of amazement and amusement. We'll talk some with you, Jonathan, about the movie, about your working with Talking Heads, about other projects, because you've done some great things. You've done some really wonderful movies. Oh, thanks a lot. And other projects and things, so we'll talk about some of that. You've brought along an amazing collection of music. Jonathan's going to be in charge of the music tonight, primarily. You've got some great stories to tell. Um, you have a tape with you, I believe. Do you That's have? right. It's a tape. Um, the are song, we going to tease them? Uh, we are. Well, We're sure, why not? <laughs> it's, it's a song that's called The Lady Don't Mind, and um, it is written by David Byrne. It's performed by Talking Heads. Nobody has ever heard it except them, and um, maybe we can play it tonight. I don't know. It's a maybe. great song. Well, we'll see if the audience wants to hear it. We'll see if we can get any kind of reaction from them on that. Um, well, David um, gave me the tape, and he said it's okay for us to play it, and he'd enjoy to hear it, so, uh, yeah. Oh, excellent, excellent. So that looks like that's going to be happening somewhere between now and midnight. And we'd also like to invite you, if you have any specific questions or any areas of interest that you would like to ask Jonathan Demi, Snepton Victor Ortiz is here on the phones at KCRW, and you could call and talk to him, and we'll pass it along and see if we can work your ideas and thoughts into this. It's 450-3524 in the 213 area code. Basically, Jonathan, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be your engineer for a while <laughs> now. We're going to start out by, by playing some music that you've selected. This is, uh, the word eclectic is bandied about rather a lot at KCRW, but hmm. this is one hell of an eclectic collection. <laughs> this is excellent. Um, I, I, wanted, I just started to say I wish you guys out there in the audience could see it, but you'll hear it. It's coming, and it's going to start happening right now with uh, a cut that 
it's your turn. We're gonna we can do this as this is, can be like the Monty Python bit too, where you learn <laughs> to be an actor. Jonathan learns to be a disc jockey tonight. That's well, okay, I'm I'm kind of nervous, but I'm also real excited. So I think it'll probably work out good in the long run, and, and um, uh, it's fun to to be able to bring some of these weird, obscure songs along and and play them with you, Deirdre. Well, what is this little okay, one we've well, got the first one, up back um, here? This is a song that I really like a lot, and it's called A Gigantic Raft in the Philippines, and it's by a band from England, I think, called It's Immaterial. So we're just going to play some music here for a while, and then we'll come back. We'll chat with you about the movies and your projects, talking heads, whatever comes into our heads, and see where we go. It's okay. Snap 172. <laughs>
this is a true story for my Prince Bara. A very true story about a man called Bedward. Bedward was a, not a man who cost bad word, but he sure was. Bedward used to conduct a church in Jamaica. In Jamaica they call it mission. Bedward preached to all the members of his organization that he going to fly next week Sunday. He going to fly. People from his organization tell it to other members. And people all over the end of Jamaica that this man Bedward is going to fly. Well, one Sunday afternoon, this was the time when this man Bedward want to fly. Bedward, Bedward. That was his name. So people all over the ends of Jamaica come to see this man Bedward fly. So Bedward went up on a house top, a very high top of a building. People looking now to see Bedward fly. The appointed time come that Bedward should fly. Guess what happened? Bedward jump off the building top, brother, and break his neck. Bedward jump off of the building top and break his neck. Bedward, down in Jamaica, the man who used to operate a church, down in Jamaica they call it a mission. True story about the man Bedward. The man will never curse Bedward, but him show a lot of word. Bedward. 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 Bedward give out a lot of invitation to people. Telling people that he going to fly. He don't have no wing, but he going to fly.
He's all right from the bottom to the top. How do I know? Because I've been listening to the music that he's been putting together and talking to him and having a whole lot of fun. Jonathan Demi is our guest host here on Snap tonight. Jonathan, what a great set of music. You've well, been you've either been listening to Snap or you're definitely in tune. You're definitely in tune with KCRW. Both. Are you uh, <laughs> are you available? Right. What okay, well the last the last piece we heard was from, from the new Staple Singers album. Right. Staple Singers doing an extraordinary cover of Talking Head song, Slippery People. Yeah, and and Ooh. um that session was produced by Mike Piccarillo and by Gary Getzman. And Gary Getzman is a producer of Stop Making Sense and it was him that turned pop staples onto the song and Pop liked it a lot thought it was real hip I can rather imagine why it's, I, I, I was dancing around in the studio and you just it's such a sexy song but a lot of credit to staple singers that's uh, it's a tricky thing to do a cover of a Talking Heads version because right. uh, a song because their music is uh, it's very much theirs that's right and that's uh, they do a real nice job on this so on the brand new album has just come out staple singers called Turning Point and before that that was the finale of a great set of music well Here's who that was. That was a Gigantic Raft in the Philippines by It's Immaterial and Rubber Revolution by Blood Donor. Gosh, this is fun. Uh, Subway by <laughs> Thick Pigeon and Fantastic Life by The Fall. Um, Bedward the Flying Preacher, a very true and sad story done by Staggering Heights and Slippery People. Great fun. This is, uh, <laughs> it's easy for me too. I'm just, this is, this is a whole different world for me doing it from this end. Okay, so we ended up with Slippery People, which is a talking head song. We, we, we want to do the inevitable, I think, because the movie has, has really uh, has sparked an awful lot of interest in a lot of people, a lot of questions being raised, and, there's, uh, and you've done such an incredible job. It's called Stop Making Sense, which is a line from the song that we opened the show up with that uh, actually is one of my favorite girlfriends is be- girlfriend is better. Yeah. When when we get old and stop making sense, she won't be around long. I was I, I liked that line from a long time ago. How did that particular line come to be the title of the movie? Is we we uh, we were we were really stuck for an idea as to what to call the movie, and we didn't want to get too clever, and uh, we couldn't think of any good ideas. So we start everybody started writing their favorite lines from the various songs on a list in the cutting room, and that's the one that everybody kind of gravitated to. So we went with it, and we thought that the good thing about it was that it really captured the um, the spirit of the movie, which was you know kind of come in, relax, stop making sense, enjoy yourself. Just to have a good time, which yeah. to me, boy, it sure it sure does that. It, the movie to me when I saw it was was fascinating. It's the first time in my life, you know, if you you attend movie viewings and you get uh, you get spattered senses. People will applaud or comment about a scene in the movie, and sometimes people clap at the end, which I always thought was pretty silly. Who are you clapping at? You know, this <laughs> piece of cloth up there in front of the theater. But uh, when I saw it, the the theater, I saw an, an early afternoon show, and it was the theater was about half full, Pickwood Big Theater, uh-huh. and uh, the place spontaneously erupted, and it was almost as though everyone expected there to be an encore if they clapped loud <laughs> enough. But it was, and I was surprised, you know, jaded, cynical old Deirdre, oh, come on. Um, jumping up and just and applauding. It was just, it was the natural reaction. There, I had so much a sense of of being at a concert in the best possible way. In that uh, a lot of people 
sit in their seats. And I'm the bad kid in concerts. I love to walk around. I, I walk the room or I walk the club or at the Greek, for example, when I saw that show, I, I walked around. I climbed trees, all those things. So that I had a great sense during the movie of being able to do all of those things, you know, walking by all of the different parts of the band and, and being able to see things from many, many different points of view. But let me go back two steps. There's a word that has occurred in a number of the print interviews I've seen with you is uh, excitement, wonderment, um, joy. You're one of the happiest people I've, I've met in a long time. And there's, there's a lot of childlike enthusiasm in, in you and in what you do, and it, sh it shows in the movie. And, and that, as I understand it, was how the movie came to be made in the first place. It was a function of your enthusiasm. Well, um, in a way, I guess I got it rolling because yeah, I went to the concert at the Greek last summer, and um, I was I was um, completely bowled over by the experience, and um, I found myself laughing a lot in addition to to being forced to move, which I don't do particularly well, but I have fun doing it. And then I found myself with big lumps in my throat on some of the songs, and I came out of the thing just quivering and wanting to meet uh, the band as real fast if I could to try to be the one to direct a movie because I thought a movie had to happen because the show was too great to not capture on film. Exactly, that sense of, ca I walked out with much the same feeling. Good. I, one of the, if, you haven't, if you didn't see the show in 1983, the live Talking Heads show, and if you haven't seen the movie, then you owe a great debt of thanks to Jonathan Demme for having hmm. done this in that it is, and now is, I don't have to say was, it is one of the best musical performances. I'm not even going to limit it to rock and roll I have ever seen in my life. It was stunning from beginning to absolute end, to the last moment when we finally gave up and fouled out of the Greek and realized that they weren't going to do any more that night. In the sense that it was, uh, as David Byrne has said in a couple of interviews, you know, you have to you get into a bigger room. It's not a little tiny club anymore. It's a bigger venue. You've mm -hmm. got to do something other than just stand there and flail away at a guitar or mm -hmm. whatever to... Uh, and he he put together and the and the group put together a stage show that incorporates the essence of the music and yet is very visually attractive. You you mentioned the word cinematic, but I found it very dramatic in a theatrical sense, very uh -huh. much using um, the sense of theater and and stage and dramatic movements. Whether it, it would whether it would be the big suit or whether it would be people pushing. Uh, different pieces of equipment onto the stage. For those uh -huh. of you who haven't seen it, the movie starts and the concert started very simply. It's David Byrne and a blaster box on stage doing a fabulous acoustic version of Psycho hmm. Killer. And uh, by the end of the film, Lord, how many people are on stage? There are dozens of people on stage. Bit by bit, the increments are added. And that was it was a very stunning thing when it happened on stage. But for you to capture it in the film, in the increments that you did... Was uh, how how many show, how many times did you get to see the show? What did you do to prepare to do it? Well, as soon as soon as I knew that we were going to absolutely be making the movie, then um, I went and joined the band that was still on tour um, as often as I could, and I went down to Texas and saw about three or four concerts down there. And um, then after that, there was a special little tiny tour planned for to allow the band to warm up again in preparation for the shooting in Los Angeles. And I went to most of those concerts. And uh, Jordan Cronenweth, our director of photography, went to a number of them and um, Sandy McLeod our visual consultant went to a number and went to all of them and was constantly dialoguing with the band about ideas that they had and communicating them to me and uh, it was very much a, a communal effort to try to figure out the very best uh, approach to the movie so by the time we got ready to shoot it um, we had a real solid idea going in 
once we started shooting, we probably, um, uh, so many wonderful things happened that we never could have dreamt up or planned that about um, 50% of the movie is, is stuff that was pre-planned and then the other 50% are wonderful happenings that just uh, occurred while it was happening. Great mix. So it really was a truly collaborative effort on the part of many, many people Very much involved. so, yeah. But um, this is the obvious question we have to ask. Um, David Byrne's input, obviously, he, he put the show together. I mean, right. he and the, and the band developed it, and right. he's got a very strong dramatic sense that way. Right. Well, what's it like working with David Byrne? You wanted to meet him, and hmm. you did. Well, um, I don't know. I thought that I was I was afraid that anyone who who um, came up with such terrific uh, creative acts as, as David musically, guitar wise, and and now the look of this show, I thought that uh, he might be kind of tough to get along with. But um, he's I hope I don't want to blow his image, but he's uh, unusually uh, easy to get along with and real funny. And uh, the the the, the, the biggest thing about David is uh, that I was startled by is the fact that he's a, a, a unbelievable chow hound. The man never stops eating. David Byrne. That's right. Come on. He should look like he, he, he does in the big pounds. suit. No, he's 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 a slender <laughs> dude, but I'm telling you, uh, never quits eating. It's that metabolism. You're That's right. High energy, constantly moving and dreaming up all those ideas. When I first uh, met him, he was he was um, eating sushi and carrots and stuff. But now that he's been been staying out in Los Angeles for a while, while while we were doing the movie, he eats cheeseburgers and hot dogs and things like that. But yet he remains the same. <laughs> the California influence. That's, That's no right. good. You've, one of the things that's been remarked on a whole lot about the movie, which is Stop Making Sense, in case you're just tuning in, this is Jonathan Demme, one of the major forces in, in preserving this Talking Heads performance, for which I will be forever grateful, I think. I'm going to see it many times. The simplicity. There aren't a lot of, of intercuts. It's not one of the things that many people find annoying about rock concert films or videos is that you go, bam, you know, a scene lasts all of three and a half seconds and you're off to a different angle. Uh-huh. And uh, the simplicity of the film, and yet the constant motion is uh, is very striking. Gives you a strong sense of being there. Did you plan that on purpose? Yeah, well, uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, I, I thought that the that the look of the movie should reflect the reflect the ungimmicky nature of all the Talking Heads' work. And uh, to try to now get real jazzy with with um, all kinds of of movie tricks would be going against the grain of what they're all about. And furthermore, um, I thought that um, and and the last waltz was a film that really taught me this is true, mm-hmm. that um, there's something very wonderful, very special, very unique about being able to watch a sustained moment of one of these nine great people doing whatever it is they do. And I didn't think there was any kind of of fancy editing that could equal the excitement of being able to hang in on Bernie Warrell or mm-hmm. uh, just. Any of them while they're while they're doing what they do. I remember a particular scene in which uh, the camera kind of glides by the the two singer dancers, and David Byrne is kind of is kind of coming in and it and it moves through them. I had the feeling that I was kind of walking by them and looking and examining and seeing them from four different directions in the space of a, a few, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, I don't remember how long it took. I sat there, it reminded me of uh, the sensation you get in, in the uh, the Philip Glass Godfrey Reggio movie, Kainoskatsi, uh-huh. where you're zooming, where you're moving very fast, and you've, it's almost like Cinerama or something. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm sitting there perfectly stationary, and yet I feel almost as though I'm on a dolly or I'm, I'm gliding through the band. I'm right up there on stage, which is an added element that you never can get in a concert. Mm-hmm. So that so that you've done, uh, it's something, it's so hard to describe to people without getting them to go and see it, because it's not, uh, I think I just understood in saying that, the difference that you made between being a concert movie and a performance movie. You're, uh, you're definitely right there. It's the ideal seat for a performance, well, to good. watch the performance. I just, that just 
came to me. Yeah. <laughs> Luck of the Irish, I suppose. One of the things that I, we're going to do some more of your music now because I like that too. This the uh, the things that you're programming here on Snap. But one of the things that uh, that I want to come back when we come back and we'll talk a little more is. Uh, Oh, this whole business of uh, of music videos and rock videos. I know that you're going to be working on one, and we'll talk about that. Or uh -huh. I, you may be finished with it. I'm not entirely sure. We'll we'll figure that out. And the whole uh, it's having an effect on on music. And you're obviously, in addition to all, you know, your film work has been tied in with music. And and you're a man with uh, with a passion and an ability to deal with both of them, and obviously to bring them together in one very fluid fell swoop. Okay. So yeah. I'm curious to see what uh, what you think about the state of video music and such that's going on, the, all the different cable channels and the different attitudes that are being propounded. And you out there, listeners as well, are uh, are invited. If you have a question you'd care to pose, can uh, call in. Victor Ortiz is here on the phones at KCRW. It's 213-450-3524. And we're going to jump back into some music here. We will shortly pass 11. It looks like we're going to go a little past, but uh, we will have our recommendations for the weekend. I'll have my, uh, my pickets for things to do, and we'll see if Jonathan's got any as well. <laughs> what he's got picked up for us now is on Turntable 2, and it is... Oh, uh, well, this is, a uh, this is a film, this is a song called Film Noir by Savage Republic. And that's going to get us started on set two by Jonathan Demi, our guest here tonight on SNAP. I 
walk the streets like a human cancer There's a side of me I hope you'll never see Much like any other day, I looked out the window and the concrete was breathing its paranoia and all the members of the street. As I walked down the hall, I had the feeling that trouble would be waiting to stare me straight into the face. I stopped by the show who sells newspapers down on the corner, asked him if he'd seen this girl named Betty and her sister. They went to L.A. They owe me ten bucks. About two o'clock in the afternoon I went to stick my key into the lock And through the glass door I could see someone moving around suspiciously As I opened it cautiously The telephone began to ring And I moved across the floor easy All of a sudden a ton of bricks Hit me on the back of the neck I fell into a deep black absence And then I woke up I was staring at I swear I could hear it laughing. Everyone was laughing. I reached my hand into a pocket. I pulled out a telephone number without a name. I thought for a minute and dialed it. I waited for a long time, and a very, very female voice made an answer.
This is Snap on KCRW Santa Monica. Our music tonight is being programmed by director Jonathan Demme. Sancho, see, see, you so bad, come around, come a link, come a lot, come a lingo. 
Wild gringo would come to mash up the Tonys. Now Fernando Sancho. No, no, say that they that Fernando Sancho. Why are you not know El Rancho? Let me tell you this of Fernando Sancho. For you no know Clint Eastwood I'ma tell you that a Fernando Sancho Man you no know Lee Van Cliff Man that a Fernando Sancho Sounds called Fernando Sancho I would tell you and I will never compel you I just gotta tell you how much I really, really, really love you Fernando Sancho El Rancho, Fernando Sancho The Americanos gunman gringo called Fernando Sancho Fernando Sancho Well I tell you that a Fernando Sancho And me tell you that him live a El Rancho Fernando Sancho passing to El Rancho the gringo See my friend senor, have you ever seen that man before senor? Hello, my friend, senor. So you come to shoot up the place, eh? Once you take away my tequila, now you come to drink up the whole of my tequila, eh? <laughs> Fernando Sancho. We tell you that a Fernando Sancho. Fernando Sancho, I will tell you. Passing through the rancho, we have to stop and check the brother called Fernando Sancho, I would say. But you don't know Clint Eastwood Man, you don't know Lee Van Cliff For you don't know Roy Rogers Yeah And you don't know Lash Larue Tell you that I want you don't know Trinity Trinity. Oh, things are getting a little strange around here <laughs> Okay, Jonathan, explain yourself there Well, that, <laughs> that particular song was obviously called Fernando Sancho, and uh, my friend... Obviously. Eugene, that's right. And it was by Dillinger, who's who's a, a wonderful uh, Jamaican artist, and uh, my friend Eugenie Bafalukas explained that song to me, which was, it's Dillinger's attempt to break into the American market, and he thought if he could come up with a song that would include as many references to Americans as possible, that he'd probably have an international <laughs> hit. So that's what Fernando Sancho's all about. Well, that's one way of thinking. This is the the man who is speaking to you is Jonathan Demi, in case you haven't figured that out yet, um, among many other things. And we'll get him to talk about a couple of these others in just a minute. Currently, uh, his major project that's out on the scene is the Talking Heads performance film. I guess I've got to call that now. You've got, you've got me converted. The one called Stop Making Sense, which I recommend really, really highly and, and have been for quite a while. It's great, great fun. And uh, go ahead. We've oh, got the, the rest okay. of the set there. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's what all that was, in case anybody liked any of it. Started off with Film Noir by Savage Republic. Went into Twisted Thing by the Mutants from San Francisco. Then Gun Fury by the Damned from England, who I think are, is great. And then Night Ride to Trinidad by Robin Hitchcock. A little bit of Lawrence of Arabia by Los Angeles' 17 yeah, Pygmies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Porky's Minions by Fish Turned Human. <laughs> and finally, Fernando Sanchez by Dillinger. Fish Turned Human. That's right. Name of the band. That's it. Okay, I think you, you're um, letting loose some of some of your earlier... Well, I'm not sure what the word is I want there. You you were responsible, and I've never been exactly sure how maybe you could tell us the story for ERG. 
you had something to do with Erg. Well, I did. Can you um, describe that for people who might not be familiar and how it was you brought that about? Because that was another great idea. We're well, obviously dealing with an inventive mind here, Jonathan. Oh, you're much too kind, Deirdre. That was uh, Erg, a music war, was a movie that um, the fellow who produced it, Michael White, who is another friend of mine from England, um, he and I dreamed that up one night, uh, the idea of, of doing a movie that would feature um, uh, a huge amount of, of preferably unsigned bands that were, were working with their own independent labels and shooting the movie in um, the clubs that that kind of music was happening in well, three or four years ago. we're not talking about unsigned up-and-coming sticks or REO Speedwagon. No, We no. were talking a different genre of music That's there. right. Um, so that was really kind of inventive and daring in and of itself. Well, yeah, and, and it seemed to me that that was a moment, and I guess this was about three years, three four years ago, where, where it seemed like there was just this inordinate amount of exciting music happening everywhere in the world. And I was interested in, in getting people that weren't signed yet, people like, like from Los Angeles, like, uh, like the Plugs, Suburban Lawns, from uh, uh, Austin, Texas, people like, um, like uh, Radio Free Europe, the Huns, um, Standing Waves, and in New York, people like um, Bush Tetras and so on and so oh, forth. great band. But then, um, when the money got involved, um, so did um, a big management concern, IRS records, and suddenly it looked like it was going to turn into kind of a, an, an in-house IRS stable of artists to, to uh, like, police and so on. And that sounded like a good idea for a movie, but not a movie I wanted to make, so I, I sort of exited that project and let Michael continue on with it alone. It did, it did come out, and it did have a number of, of, uh, of unusual and interesting bands yes, in it. Yes, indeed. So you did that. You've also, um, you did a movie that a number of people, I've never seen this, but I'm going to have to now, because people I've talked to in the course of the last week who knew I was going to see you said, oh, Citizens Band, You've, which was, uh, how long ago? Handle with Care. Well, that, that was... That was uh, 77? Yeah, right. So about the time Talking Heads were getting started. That's right. And um, the director of photography on that movie was Jordan Cronenweth, who shot Stop Making it's Sense. the same movie. That's the first time we worked together. And, uh, well, yeah, that was a, a strange movie that was about an hour and a half of people talking to each other over their CB radios. And it turned out pretty good, and I liked it a lot, um, but um, it, it, it was, was not a big hit. So many things, I mean, it's part of the reason why KCRW is, well, I won't say it's part of the reason why we're here, but certainly one of the functions we serve, at least musically, is to allow a lot of different elements. I mean, I, I die, I cringe inside when people say there's, there's nothing happening in music these days, and they say, God, are you kidding me? There's more than, mm-hmm. uh, than a dozen people can handle listening to in a week. There's tons of things but it uh, doesn't fit their particular definitions and preconceptions of what one ought to do. Right. Which was, a, which was a, a niche that Talking Heads found themselves in for a long time, and to a certain extent still do. Burning Down the House was, uh, was a big hit for them in many ways, but again, we're, we're still not talking Sticks or REO Speedwagon or Van Halen status. And in a way, I almost hope we never are. I remember, uh, I remember f- not feeling sad. What's, what, having seen them in little tiny clubs... So that, you know, the, the Greek theater, that performance that you filmed and have turned into the movie was, uh, was the biggest venue I'd seen them in, and it was gigantic. Uh-huh. But we're still talking, the Greek is still really uh, an intimate sort of a place on a concert scale. It's definitely not the sports arena. Um, so, we, so we need to make room for things like that. But you've been involved in, in a lot of interesting projects. One is coming up on PBS real soon, which I think also involves David Byrne. 
Yes, indeed. Um, and Rosanna that, Arquette. That's well, right. And uh, Bob Bridgley and Hope Lang and um, uh, numerous other good people. It was um, That is a, a half-hour uh, comedy that was created for PBS, and it w- it'll be on in January or February. Survival and Guides? It's, yes, it's called Survival Guides, and it's it's a pilot for an anthology series. It'll be half-hour comedies, always with different writers and casts and directors and so on. And they'll be linked by a common theme of how to survive a certain kind of crisis unique to the 80s. Sounds like a cross between Playhouse 90 and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) There you go. Sounds like a great idea. With a little bit of the McNeil Lira report thrown in. And, well, it's um, PBS. You have to work them in there somewhere. I think that's in the contract, isn't it? That's right. So this is, other than, than the one Columbo episode you directed, this is your your first adventure in television? Well, no, I did one other film for PBS about mm, three years ago ah. called, um, it was a, 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 a film version of Kurt Vonnegut's Who Am I This Time with um, Chris Walken and Susan Sarandon and also Bob Ridgely again, who was in, uh, in Survival Guides. Um, yeah, I wanted David to be in Survival Guides, and I know he, David is a natural filmmaker in addition to all his other gifts. His videos are especially well-directed, and he just has a great, great eye, and uh, I hope he'll be making movies very soon. And uh, he's interested in that, and therefore I thought I could drag him into this thing by, by pointing out to him that um, if, he, if he was present while the, a whole little film was being shot, he'd probably learn a lot about production and the various problems unique to a narrative film. So he agreed to do it, and I wanted him to do it because he was so funny in Stop Making sense and he's so funny anyway and this was a comedy and um, it worked out real good where do you see him he's very talented on stage i can i can only imagine what he would bring even not even knowing the character i very much like the idea of the anthology and, and look forward to it. about january you think yes indeed on pbs so that'll be channel 28 here kcet and i promise to keep you posted on that that'll be uh, a recommendation i've lost all my pieces of paper for the calendar i'm going to tell you a go see the movie stop making sense B, good idea there's a, there's a revival of Samuel Beckett's play called Endgame that's been recommended by a number of people at the station here who have asked me to tell you about it. It's at the Mayfair Theater here in Santa Monica, 214 Santa Monica Boulevard. That uh, has Saturday performances at 7 and 10, and Friday and Sunday it'll be at 8.30. So that's a recommend here. It's getting really interesting reviews, and Beckett is Beckett. What can we say about that? You should definitely check that out. Uh, my personal recommendation, I'm doing this without the list on top of my head. Harvey Kubernick has got an extravaganza, spoken word extravaganza, that's going to feature Ivan E. Roth and Joe Fraser and Michelle Clinton at McCabe's on Sunday night. Freeway Records strikes again. There I go with my Baba Wawa imitation one more time. These things happen. What can I tell you? That's happening Sunday night. Willie Dixon is at the Music Machine on Friday night. And uh, that's what's coming to me off the top of my head. That's what I'm going to remember for things to do. Jonathan, one of the questions we got asked, this was, this was posed to both of us, is what's the, the most exciting <clears throat> performance you've ever seen? And it's, you know, I wonder about how I sat there and thought about it. I remember how excited I was when I, how stoned I was on the performance when I walked out of the Greek theater that night. You were night. stoned? And it was from the performance, from what I saw. It, it, was, not, uh, it was not the ingestion of chemicals. It was the music and, and the, uh, everything that surrounded me. I have only one other time have I seen the Greek theater that animated. I certainly wasn't alone. Um, for when Sonny Ade first came through and brought his uh-huh. incredible troupe of, of Nigerian musicians, uh-huh. the, uh, the place was, was dancing rather a lot. But uh, for um, you know, Western music, there, there was a certain panache and flair about that. Right. I have never seen the Greek theater. I mean, we're talking people all the way up in the very top row on the hill, standing on the seats and dancing. 
there was uh, that was it was an amazing concert, Talking Heads. Other than that, boy, I'm trying to think of uh, a favorite things. It's obviously on my mind right now. Have you seen anything else that you'd care to film that you want to preserve for? Uh... Oh, gee, not necessarily that I'd care to film. Um, no, uh, that I've never had that kind of reaction to the scene. I've, I've it had... is real special. Yeah. it is. It was a real, real special show, and as I said before, it is now. This is, you know, I could sit and talk to you for ages and ages. We've got. Uh, have we decided which direction we're going to go in? We have queued up on the tape machine on MCI number one. We have uh, a song by the Talking Heads that you've never heard before. And we also have on turntable one a group called The Naughtiest Girl Was a Monitor. Shall we continue to tease them a little bit more? I think we ought to hold off on the Talking hold Heads song for a little heads. bit. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see the elfin grin on this man's face. Well, you'll have your opportunity at some point. But it is coming. Before midnight, we are going to play it. I haven't even heard it yet. I've heard the first three notes because I queued it up. Right. And and Deirdre, I'm sitting here getting antsy. I uh, want to hear this. Another thing we've got to look forward to later in the evening is... Um, a song, uh, again, produced by Mike Piccarillo and Gary Getzman and performed by the Sex Maniacs called Thank the Crank, which has never been heard on radio before. <laughs> it may never be and heard again. And you've been but describing it, but, but coming up on well worth hanging shortly. in for. <laughs> okay, I'd like to, uh, to extend my thanks to... I'm not sure about this. I have this feeling I'm being set up. It's this look in no, his no, eyes. I'm in, in a positive it's, sort of way. It's an incisive portrait of, 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 of life have, in Los Angeles people today. People have fun um, teasing Catholic damage. <laughs> it's like I have this sign across my head. This girl was sent to parochial school for far too long. You can get away with anything. What we're going to get away with right now, this is snap number 172. I'm Deirdre here With me is Jonathan Demi and I couldn't be happier. I feel real spoiled right now. <laughs> this is, uh, the band is called The Naughtiest Girl Was a Monitor. That reminds me of Catholic School a lot. There you go. This one's and really for you uh, more than anything. We're going to listen to the to the front side, right? Yes, it's an untitled piece. all we know, but it's just called Front. Here we go. It's Snap on KCRW.
I'd like to feed the children. Find a cure for disease. Rebuild cities. And plant a lot of trees. I'd like to help the sick. Build factories. Give money to students. Hospitals and galleries. But I'm afraid of the Russians. I can't sleep at night. So afraid of the Russians. Fight. I'd like to go to space. Clean up rivers and lakes. Put everyone to work. Whatever it takes. But I'm afraid of the Russians. I can't sleep at night. So afraid of the Russians. Afraid we've got to fight. They've got ships at sea. They've got missiles in the air. Tanks on the border of Europe. And spies everywhere. I'd like to feed the children. Find a cure for disease. Rebuild the cities. Plant a lot of trees. But I'm afraid of the Russians. I can't sleep at night. So afraid of the Russians. Think we've got to fight. They've got ships at sea. They've got pistols in the air.
Mr. One in my Russian, one name fresh, never the Anton Rigan, one name fresh, never the Anton Rigan. All day long building neutron bomb, other time sophisticated weapon, hey, 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 don't destroy the land, hey, 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 don't destroy the land, hey. Tell me where we gonna get food from. When you destroy the vegetation, animals on the plantation, animals on the plantation. Hey, 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 Argentina and England, they too are fighting over Falkland Island. America says they want Afghanistan. Hey, no, 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 since the Russian. Hey, 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 the Shah of Iran. He stole the money and away Iran. He say, hey, hey, catch me if you. My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. Bombing in five minutes. Bombing in five minutes. I'm pleased to tell you today that I'm pleased to tell you today that I 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 tell you today that I'm pleased to tell you today that I'm pleased to tell you today that I get a day 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 that I get a day
Well, I don't know if you got the subtle political implications of the last three tunes, but but that's very much a re-election kind of suite. And uh, Four that last more years. that's right. Four more years. That last one we just heard is a new project by Jerry Harrison. Um, Jerry conceived of that and produced it, and it's called Five Minutes, and it's by Bonzo Goes to Washington. Um, Bonzo Goes to Washington is the name of the band. Now, uh, that's or right. The, the ensemble. He's he's doing a material sort of trick here. Very New York sound. God, Harry Shearer was here a couple weeks ago, and and played a number of new things that he's picking up. Uh-huh. And obviously, Jerry Harrison is is right there in the thick of it. It's great. Well, Jerry's thinking along the same lines as Eka Mouse, who did Neutron Bomb and um, uh, Made for TV, which did So Afraid of the Russians, which was produced by John Cale, who is a, a dear old friend of mine who I've worked with on a number of occasions. Oh, he is, he's a hero of many people around here. Good, good. And before that, it was The Naughtiest Girl Was a Monitor, Untitled, and <laughs> Men's Hearts by 1,000 Fuzz-Tone Guitars. That's the name of the group. I like that yes. song, Men's Hearts. It's one of the things that's always fun about having people come down and do this is I learn a whole lot, too, in the process. I want to mention a couple quick things that, that I forgot about that just real briefly. This is, this is the weekend when Rhino Records is doing their parking lot sales. So those of you who are, who are collectors and vinyl fetishists and maniacs, then uh, Rhino, Saturday and Sunday from 10 in the morning till 5, it's always an amazing event. I've never failed to go and not find something something splendid. You know, how can you... Be, records, albums for 23 cents. Good I mean, deal. You, could, you could do anything with that. The other thing I want to mention is that uh, Duck's Breath will be in town at this weekend, Friday and Saturday, and then again next weekend. We'll talk about that more. But the place called At My Place Early Show, it's at 8, and there's one show only. So I want to suggest that to you. And this weekend, the uh, the Columbia Movies Marathon over at the County Art Museum is Westerns, an entire solid day of nothing but Westerns starting at noon. And that could be fun. Cowboy, Major Dundee, Buchanan Rides Alone, The Man from Laramie, 310 to Yuma, Two Road Together, The Durango Kid, Riders in the Sky. Unbroken I mean, string of masterpieces. Put on your chaps and go. and go on over there. So that's at the County Museum. Starts at noon Get mounted, on boys. Saturday. Yeah, since I, I figured that would be appropriate to remind people since since we are talking with a man who's uh, who's a film director, although you've got your fingers in so many different areas now that uh, you've obviously got the heart of rock and roll in you. It's uh, you, you've obviously got an affection for and an understanding of and an enthusiasm for rock and roll and music, and it's it's been a great deal of fun for me to have you here well, tonight. Thanks a lot. And there certainly is uh, is ample evidence of that in in this movie, "Stop Making Sense," in which I think it was Chris Morris in the piece he did in the Reader said all of the elements: the art, the performance, the drama, the rock and roll, the filmmaking, the cinematography, all the elements come together and gel in this perfectly exquisite piece. Of cinema, and it does something for me that, uh, oh, you know, I, I like to go see those those serious French and Italian movies every once in a while. But frankly, I am more likely to go to a movie because I want to escape, I want to get away, I want to go have a good time, I want to be entertained, I want to be amused. And if I happen to get enlightened in the process, well, that's fine too. But nine times out of ten, I want to I want to go have fun. I want to get away from this world and go somewhere else. It's an expect thing to dreaming. Um, and for someone to be able to pull that off, to, to make me part with money and sit in a chair, <laughs> sit still for a couple of hours and come out happy and smiling. I was one of the people at the end of Stop Making Sense who stood up and applauded, and it was very automatic. I surprised myself that I did it. So as I've been doing, uh, I'm, I'm recommending the movie and, uh, and thanking you for making it, Jonathan, and for coming. This has been uh, a whole lot of fun, and you've got all kinds of, of different things uh, that that you've been. I, I like you. You're doing a, a video for Crusados, yes. Yes, um, which is the follow-up band of the Plugs. That's right. 
Excuse um, me if I stop making sense. It's, but then <laughs> they they know I I don't make a whole lot of sense all the time anyway. Very epicyclic in the things that that I say and think. Tension span of a two year old. Cruzados, successors to the plugs, right, sort of. Right, and um, um, Tito Lariva and Steve Hustetter um, did the score for the PBS film that David and I did together, and um, they great. did it as a great big favor to us. And they did a beautiful, beautiful score. And uh, I've heard a lot of the songs from the new Cruzados album, and it's fantastic stuff. It's really a whole new metamorphosis for for everybody concerned, and it's great. Great, because plugs was was real good stuff. When is this going to be out, Cruzados? Well, and I would think you ask the, them to please send us a copy. Yes, indeed. Could, could we please have I it? will indeed. <laughs> I want it. So, I think the album's going to be out in about, I think it's going to be out in about six weeks. Okay. And it's on the EMI label, and uh, it, it's real spectacular well, we'll stuff. For them too. And the video will be out approximately the same time as you pulled well, one Well, I'm not sure. Um, they're trying to figure out which song to use, and I think that's something we'll probably do in about four weeks. So, um, oh, so you haven't even done it yet? No. You're just going to, so do you have any ideas? Do you have any conceptions? You've done television now, and right. you've done this, this concert slash performance right. film. You've done ERG. You've obviously been involved in a number of different ways. But near as I can tell, as from an observer point of view, music videos are a whole different ball of wax, and they've become a whole genre in and of themselves. Do you have any ideas? This changes my question. I mean, you're going into this. What are you going to do? Well, um, until they pick the song, I'm not sure. But um, I've talked to them a little bit, and there's a strong um, northern Mexican influence to a lot of their songs. And if that's the case, we may um, go into a, uh, a, a Mexican dance club situation and um, uh, have them perform for oh, great. A, and, and see that that great kind of dancing that's done uh, down there so but we got we need to know what the song Who knows? is first. yeah it could, that's could right. be any number of things it could be uh, real interesting all right but now let's let's think a step further because this is one of the real important things in in music in video um, and speaking in the sense of it being visually uh-huh. who's gonna play this Crusados video? There's there's a lot of uh, I don't want to but there's discrimination in anything that's got a format and MTV's got a format um, as any radio stations do there's there's a lot of talk about uh, you know what they're accepting and not accepting there are the different video clip shows there's the whole new Turner Music uh-huh. Channel where where do you see this being functional to the band or is it do you care about it being functional or well this, sure here here we've got a situation here where you're the man who's going to be doing the video and we've got a band and it's obviously a group that you care about uh-huh. and there's a there's a reason for doing this how are is this whole new process really affecting us and how is it affecting music and what's it going to do well um mtv answer is, all of those please in 30 <laughs> words or less this much i know mtv is, is certainly stimulating uh, uh record sales for for um for bands and artists that come up with a song that lends itself to a visual interpretation that catches on on the on uh, the music channel and uh, i guess that's a good thing i hope it doesn't become a, a situation where a lot of uh, other deserving artists who are doing great stuff by virtue of not having a video fail to get the break that the video oriented artists get but uh, i don't know i don't think anybody knows yet but um it's an interesting crossroads i think we're going to begin to see here um the the actual nature of flexi- flexibility viability purpose importance and use of radio uh-huh what you know the commercial radio as well what function is it going to serve it's it's uh, it's a very interesting time in music for me there are also people who feel that um that with the rise of the music videos, which are very scripted, planned stories, very sterile, very, very passive, both in the fact that they that they create the story for you out of the music, but that they take a lot of the element of danger out of out of rock and roll. 
Although I, I, I wonder about that because it's pop. Do you have any feelings about that? That it's that it's well, sanitizing it or? Uh... Well, I don't know. Maybe that's happened a little bit. But uh, but what I I guess what I, maybe what I prefer to notice the most is are the the videos that really function as a as a sort of a hybrid new art form all all to its its own. And I think there are enough examples of that going on to make it a real exciting thing. Um, You're not talking about the new Twisted Sister video, for example. No, but but even even mainstream artists like Rod Stewart um, come up mm-hmm. with uh, with a video like um, "Some Guys Have All the Luck," which um, as a song is one thing. It's very nice, but, but I, I visually in the design of that thing is terrific. It, it's made me uh, pay extra attention to uh, to to that song, uh, just because of the beautiful but way. But then it was it's done. not when you say that. It's at least as far as I can tell, it's not. And I may be wrong. This is off the top of my head, but in many cases, it certainly is true. It's not Rod Stewart making the video. It's you, the director. Who are taking that uh, that song well, and turning it's, it's it into something whoever else? Whoever the director is, yeah, bringing some kind of interpretation to to it. And in this in in that particular instance, just just graphically, image wise, um, working with a very simple situation, the guy dancing around a little bit, singing, but but shooting it in an incredibly uh, varied and fascinating way, and using all kinds of stop motion photography, and really coming up with something that's that's that that to me heightens the quality. T- takes a song that that maybe is kind of real nice, but maybe you wouldn't listen to that much and turning it into something which, when I hear it on, I, I get glued into it. Interesting. So you see positive effects. You're one of the few people I've talked to who sees positive things. It's a tricky, tricky area. A lot of conversation going on now. And, uh, I mean, being involved in, in radio and never having been a person very much interested in, in video aspects, it's, it's real interesting to me to watch all of this happening. You think there's going to be a video of, uh, of this next song we're going to play ever? Oh, you mean the the Talking Heads song that no one's ever heard before? Yeah, the one that we've been putting off. We, I think we've teased them long enough now. It, it's time to do this. Great. I'm and, anxious uh, to hear it again myself. This, and I've never heard it at all, so I'm going Let's to... Let's go. Uh, should we just jump right into yeah. it and do it? This is called The Lady Don't Mind. This is from the era of Speaking in Tongues. That's right. Um, uh, from what I understand from David, it's a song that they cut, and they all liked it a lot, but I guess there just wasn't room for it on the album. It's like what's happening to us right now. We've only got about another 14 minutes in it. I want another couple hours at least, but maybe we'll convince you to come back. Okay, this is Talking Heads. I'm a previously unreleased piece, and my thanks yeah. to Jonathan Demi for bringing it, and, and to David Byrne for uh, for making the tape available and for allowing us to play it. For those of you who, well, there's going to be, this is not a bad segue, there's just going to be a, a little moment of silence here to avoid the noise on the microphone of the button stopping, but the next sound you hear will probably make a whole lot of sense. Talking heads (laughs) called The Lady Don't Mind. She sure don't.
we go. Well, catching <clears throat> me by surprise in any number of ways. Jonathan, you're going to have to back announce that one. I'm not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. I don't, <laughs> that's a good, another good verse. The I'm shocked, personally. It was the sex maniacs. I, I don't know what kind of future they have. I wish them all possible success. This is, um, uh, you know, free speech and, and stuff. And what the heck, it's got a good beat. That um, New York sound. That's right. Leading Once up again. to that um, was uh, The Lady Don't Mind by Talking Heads, um, Flavor Crystals by uh, one of my favorite all-time bands in the world, Suburban Lawns, um, Man Child by Bay of Pigs, an exciting new L.A. That's independent new. band. That's uh, That was my first taste of that band, and I really like that. That's really Good. interesting. And again... Uh, Produced by Ethan James, which is a name that uh-huh. we've mentioned a number of times here on Snap. He's becoming one of those people. You see his name involved with the project, and that makes you absolutely interested in hearing it, if, if nothing more. Uh-huh. But so far, he's batting a thousand in my book. Everything I've heard, he's a good man out there. And this good Bay of Pigs. That's right. And you're going to leave this record with us so we can play some more of it. That's right. In the future. Okay, deal. I want. Can I just real fast mention mention a song that I had hoped to play and and can't? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I because it's in my apartment in New York. Unfortunately, I wanted to play um, a song called "Crazy Cave" by Danny and the Juniors that was um, given to me by um, my dear friends Jerry and Arlene, who wrote a wonderful, wonderful movie that's going to be made soon, um, which borrows a title from one of the great songs of all time, "Peggy Sue Got Married." And oh, I wish we could have played "Crazy Cave" tonight. Well, maybe sometime in the near future I'll be able to do that for them. I'll keep my eyes peeled. I don't have a personal copy, but um, it's a good song. We'll get Roger Steffens in here. He does a bunch of things like that. Talking Heads, The Lady Don't Mind, totally unreleased and with little little white spaces in front and in back. Thank you again very much for that. That's uh, that's a real special treat. A pleasure. Jonathan Demme, thank you for everything. Thank you for the last couple of hours, for all the music you've brought us. Thank you for for making stop making sense. Thank you for, mm-hmm. you know, I I walked out of the out of the Greek theater with the same reaction you had. God, this is just the best thing I've ever seen in my life. This is fabulous, and you, bless you, went and uh, you you kept it alive for all of us. You kept it going for uh, forever and ever, even more so. It's showing at the Pickwood Theater, corner of Pico and Westwood here in West LA. Sound system over there is real good. It's it's the Sounded, best in Los Angeles. Woo. It really is. And it was and it felt real good. And in the what uh, do we want to? There's gonna I don't know if I want to talk about the other thing or not. The little, like like this. I'm trying to I'm trying to do this cryptically now. Uh huh. Oh no. Would we better? Well, <laughs> you mean wait. The fact okay. That, that, yeah. That the producer gonna... of, of Stop Making Sense, Gary Getzman, was somehow involved with the sex maniacs. Well, no, that wasn't what I meant. Oh. At all, but you did it. <laughs> I was gonna forget forget this nonsense. I was gonna talk about the video cassette of Stop oh. Making Sense. That's what oh. I was trying to. I was thinking about the, but the. No, that's that's. There's a whole different experience with going to see it in the theater than we're seeing it on video cassette. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying not to not to make sales plummet because everybody's gonna wait for the video cassette to come out. But I don't really think people do that. I think they they see the movie or if they miss it somehow later they will pick up well, the video it, cassette. But it wants to be seen in the theater. The I first think. thing that David said to me when we talked about doing a movie was that it was real important to withhold um, being able to see stop making sense if we made a movie it was going to be real important to withhold it from small screens to make people who are interested in seeing the movie see it under the best possible circumstances with Dolby stereo surround system on a big huge screen so uh, the video cassette won't be out for a pretty long time at least a year or so when it does come out it's going to have two songs that we cut from the movie on it Uh, we cut them not because they weren't terrific because they were but because of of time and that was Cities and uh, the medley of Big Business and Ezimbra so that will be on the the video cassette That that's that's an excellent moment from from the concert yeah. and excellent pieces of music and such. 
My thanks to you again. We've got uh, a piece queued up here, a little bit of instrumental music to go out with. I was, uh, Matt from Earth Dies Burning called and wanted me to remind you that uh, their last show ever, the band is disbanding, will be at the Anti-Club this Sunday, and they've also got Dogma Probe on the bill there. And I think that, and I wanted to, I didn't get a chance to go look at the papers, but check out the Weekly or the Reader. Fibonacci's are in town somewhere. Mentioning Ethan James made me think of that, so... Uh, those, those are recommends. Jonathan Demi, thank you so much. Now, I want to get this while we're, while we're still taping here. You, you have agreed to come back at some point I in the would, future. I would love to. There if, we go. If you let me okay. back in. And so this, uh, this song is called Rearranging the Deck Chairs on the Titanic by Jonah Louie, and it's uh, something I think is real pretty. Thank you very much for uh, bringing along your energy, your <laughs> music, your words, all of it. We'll thank go you. At, uh, we will go out rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic here on KCRW Santa Monica. We're at 89.9 FM and a community service of Santa Monica College in Bo Leibowitz. Ever the gentleman that he is has given us these few extra moments, and he will be here with Strictly Jazz in just a little bit.